Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Technical difficulties abound, Rick, but never fail. We have made it on the air a mere 10 minutes late. Welcome back to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network and AsylumFantasySports.com. We are Flieger and Briggs, and by sound out of breath, you can thank me for getting... Online. Oh yeah, yeah. Rick saved the day. That, yeah. That's that's what we'll go. Oh, I appreciate that, Rick. Thank you, thank you. Oh. Uh, we are Flager and Briggs. Welcome into the asylum. I'm sure you've already given up on it, oh, but yeah. that's your problem. Yeah, we'll guys. post we'll post it on the site and we'll put it on Twitter. Come back and get it. You know, if you don't have the patience to wait for gold, it's your problem. Yeah, both guys who were trying to listen tonight, Rick, bailed out on us after about 15 minutes. So that's better. I can't even hear myself in my headphones. There I am. Now I sound good. All right, Rick. Well, week one is in the book. Sort of unfortunate timing for all these technical difficulties because it is go time. We have played some NFL football, for God's sake. Yeah, and it was a good week, to be honest with you. And... Kind of a hard week for some fantasy owners, no doubt, with some of the injuries. Yeah, yeah, a lot of guys beat up. We might start there. We will bring back game balls, stinky socks, as we love to do. Uh, maybe some other fun along the way. So let's jump right into it. Any questions, you can give us a call, 646-478-4679, at Asylum Football on Twitter. We'll be manning that all show as well. I think the big news, Rick, and I know this one hit home for you a couple of different places. Dez Bryant out four to six weeks, broken foot, had a screw put in that foot. Terrible, terrible news for Dez Bryant owners and for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I've got a lot of Dez Bryant owned this year, and four to six weeks sounds very optimistic to me. Well, with a screw. I just wonder. Yeah. The not, one knock on Dez Bryant has always been he can't play banged up. Right. He's got a little nagging thing. You see his production dip a little bit. This is going to be a legitimate deal. He may be back and ready to participate in four to six weeks, but to be Des Bryant in four to six weeks, I have to wonder. And, and watching him even before he got hurt, uh, wide open, out in the flat, right off his hands, it was just like it just didn't look like Des's day from the get-go. Yeah, just uh, one thing led to the other. Uh, so where do we go here? Terrence Williams, Rick, I know you were real high on that. You were thumping yourself on the back several times for taking let, late flyers on Terrence Williams. Can he step up? Can he be that guy? Well, I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think Terrence Williams, number one, uh, you know, blowing tooting my own horn here. You know, I wrote an article for uh, the FantasyGreek.com, the draft guide. It, he was part of my 10 most undervalued players. I thought Terrence Williams coming into this year in his third year uh, was really going to excel. And I still believe that. However, 
to take over for Des Bryant, it's kind of like we talked about this on numerous occasions. Everybody gets the the Ben Tate effect where right. when he filled in for Arian Fox, you just don't fill in for a guy like no, oh certainly no, kind of like last year. Harry Douglas had a great year when Roddy White was banged up, but more specifically when Julio Jones was out. But he just you it's not the same talent. You don't put up those kind of numbers. And yeah, the stock for Terrence Williams is climbing, but let's not forget he's gonna start drawing the number one coverage too. Right. That being said, like to your point, his numbers are gonna jump. They're yeah. gonna jump significantly. His targets especially, which was always a knock on him, right. was just his lack of catches. Right. And that's gonna to have to go go up. I think when's all when all's said and done in these next four to six weeks. Am I crazy to think the way that offense looked, low end two, easy flex play, Terrence Williams week in and week out? I think he certainly becomes an every week play. I think the person who benefits the most from this, and we saw it later on that game, is Jason Witten. You betcha. Took that game back over. Eight catches, got in the end zone a couple of times. Well, Lance Dunbar didn't get a single carry. We were wondering what that running back situation was going to be, and if we have time, we're going to get into that later in the show. With, with uh, what we learn, what do we make of it? There's a few of those scenarios I'd like to discuss. But eight catches from Dunbar, eight catches from Witten, two touchdowns. Now your your big playmakers out of the offense. Who's Tony Romo going to lean on? You're going to look for Beasley. You're going to look for Terrence Williams. Obviously, I understand that. You're going to look for your big tight end. You're going to look for your safety net. And Jason Witten, you saw it already stepped up in the second half of that game. They've been together a long time, and I like. I don't like, let's not uh, reiterate, I don't like the Des Bryant's hat, obviously. But the opportunities there, we go back a year when Adrian Peterson wasn't around. You saw Minnesota start doing more things than what we saw them do most, you know, any other time. Right. Okay? I think Dallas is going to have to start doing that a little bit. Tony Roman's going to have to take that team on his shoulders. Absolutely. Him and Jason Witten remind me so much of Roethlisberger and Miller. Right. I mean, they've they've got the chemistry. They've got the experience. It's up to, number one, that crew of running backs to establish that game. And then you see Terrence Williams, Cole Beasley, and the rest of them have to step up. They have to fill in those shoes. Yeah, so I think, if anything, this vaults Jason Witten up to top five tight end status for me. It hurts Romo a little bit, but I think where you're playing Romo probably is the 11th or 12th quarterback as it is. I don't think he moves off of that too much. I don't know who I'd move above him. Maybe Carson Palmer, somebody like that, who we get into later. I think Williams elevates himself to an every-week flex play. You're not going to replace Des Bryant with him, but he as an individual is going to be elevated to that flex spot. I think it, it could mean big things for Randall. I think you see more in the running game. Dunbar, with what I saw with those eight grabs, I think that's going to have to be, continue to be more part of the offense. We had all this debate, Randall or McFadden. Dunbar was kind of for the, the right. forgotten guy. In a PPR format, if, if I can see one more week of him being that much of a focus in the passing game, that guy becomes a Darren Sproles-like every week right. necessary flex start as well. I think you see everybody actually elevated a small bit. You're never, to your point, you're never going to replace Dez. But I think all of these guys elevate to a small degree. I agree 100%. And, and I still think Dallas has an enormous amount of talent on that offense. They just have weapons everywhere. And I, I think they're going to be okay. 
But like you said, to to your point, it's going to be spread out. Right. These numbers and everything that normally went to to uh, Des are going to be spread out. Right. And I think the biggest beneficiary is number one, Jason Witten. Number two, Terrence Williams. Not. Right. The other way around. Right, and I think Lance Dunbar might have something to say about that right. before it's all said and done, too. So a lot of these headlines, these injury headlines, you all know about it. I just uh, Maybe one more I, I think is intriguing going forward. Shocker, Andre Ellington strains a PCL in the first game, set to miss several weeks, three to four. I've seen, I've seen two to three, so somewhere between two and four. Uh, coaching staff, Arians came out and said it was going to be Chris Johnson as the starter. Do you buy it? Do you buy Chris Johnson? What's this mean for David yeah. Johnson for you? No, I, I definitely believe it's going to be Chris Johnson. Um, I think he's still the better talent, even though he's not anything like he used to be. But I think it's not going to be just all Chris Johnson either. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I think he's going to be the starter. He's a veteran. And um, I think there's more trust in somebody like him. Right. I have nothing to base this on. I've heard this from nowhere. This is my thought. Chris Johnson was dealing with that hamstring. Hasn't played in a long time. And more than a little long in the tooth in terms of NFL running back years. I think at best for Chris Johnson, this is a 50-50 split with David Johnson. And I think we saw, albeit on one play, on that long touchdown reception by David Johnson – this is a kid who's dynamic, brings something to the offense. I don't know about you, Rick. Unless you were real desperate, heading into week two, I don't know if there's a scenario where you play Chris Johnson. Now, if I'm desperate for a deep flex, I can come up with yeah. several scenarios where I'd slide David Johnson in as a flex because I think he's going to be that third down guy. I think he's going to be a PPR monster for a couple of weeks. Filling, because that's what they're going to lose with Ellington being out, was more in the passing game, his ability in space. We saw David Johnson have that ability to do that. I think Chris Johnson's going to see maybe the bulk of the carries. I don't think they're going to be very productive carries, though, to be you quite know, they, frank. They looked good last week, you know, riding that arm of, Chris, of uh, Carson Palmer in the defense, as usual. Right. But they've got to establish the run game. I think they have the tools there, even with Ellington out, with what Johnson has left, plus you know the other Johnson, David Johnson. I think they could actually form a decent little tandem. Fantasy-wise, not that great, don't get me wrong, but they're going to have to establish a run game oh, no if they're question. going to keep this going because Carson Palmer is not Tom Brady. He's no. not Peyton Manning. He's not going to be doing this every week. He's going to be a 4,000-yard guy easily, I'm sure, this year. Yeah, I, I don't think any question. Everybody be, is anymore. Well, but, that's the thing. That's yeah. a, that's not a very – that's like the 1,000-yard running back right. anymore. It just isn't that meaningful. But they're going to have to They're going to have to establish a running game. I mean, surprise, surprise, Rick. You know, Deshaun Jackson, out yeah. of four to eight weeks, I nailed him on the sit. I, there's just something about Deshaun Jackson I do not like. No, and it, it, he's, it, he's made of glass, bad attitude. He's on a bad team. He knows it, and as far as I'm concerned, he quits. Right, that very well could be. And, and I, I actually heard someone on, on a Washington D.C. sports talk show either today or yesterday talking about it. Initially, come out as a as a four week injury. Then it became a four to six week injury. Now they're talking four to eight week injury. And anytime when you have Deshaun Jackson, the and I wish I could remember who it was so I could give them credit here, but I, I'm blanking on it says if they give you that range 
on Deshaun Jackson. He's going to be on the upper end of that range, if not beyond it. Just not a guy who bounces back from injury. You talk a lot about these soft tissue issues, how they just don't go away. Yeah, terrible news. Deshaun Jackson, I think, has about been rendered useless from here forward. Yeah. And just crushes. Not that we were anybody was big believers in this Redskins offense and specifically Kirk Cousins, but you now take away the only downfield threat they have. You have Pierre Garcon, and I think he showed slightly in a bad offensive performance as the Redskins his ability to be that possession guy. But now you have absolutely no one to take the lid off of a defense. No, none at all. And, you know... I can't say enough bad things about Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah, you don't so, care for him. No, I, I don't. I, I think he's a, a cancer in a locker room. I think he's a cancer on a team. And I think he proved it in Philadelphia, and he's doing it again in Washington. And, and I've never wanted anything wrong to do with him. And, you know, I mean, he, his tenure to me in Washington is over with. Yeah. Forget yeah. it. I think so, and we get to that point. That, that team needs a good house cleaning. Well, we could talk about all these other injuries. You all know about them. We'll answer your questions if you have any lineup issues from all of these injuries, which I'm certain you will, on the slant Sunday, 10 o'clock Eastern. Let's jump into it, Rick. I've been chomping at the bit for seven months to give, give out some game balls and some stinky socks. You know, and I'm going to let you chomp a little bit more. Oh, I want to get right. into one other thing. What, what do you think? about Rashad Jennings throwing his quarterback under the bus <laughs> and and then turning around and saying my my words were misconstrued he said you know he he states that Eli Manning told him not to score he tells a reporter that reporters go to Eli Eli owns it says yeah I told him that now he turns around, he's backtracking. You know, this is Eli Manning, the the utmost meltdown, you know, in, in that Dallas yeah, I'm game. Talk about a boneheaded whole exactly. situation down there. And he admitted to saying, Don't score. Yet why in the world, number one, would you do that? Would you throw that under uh, the only the only possible explanation for something like that is is you we're afraid that you look bad because you didn't punch it in. Perhaps. So now you're throwing the quarterback under the bus, which is something that should be kept in the huddle. Eli, like a man, owned it. Tom Coughlin, like a man, owned it. And now Rashad Jennings is backtracking. Not only has he apologized to Eli, he's saying his words have been misconstrued. And how do you misconstrue don't score? Well, I think when he says that, and I don't want to speak for him, and actually we, we have more of a response for him we'll get to in a second, but I'll give my analysis first. I'm not sure – there's no way to misconstrue what he said. I'm not sure he was doing it to throw Eli under the bus. I honestly feel like it was just an answer to the question. What happened there? And, and in retrospect – while that would be stupid, that's not a big deal if Eli doesn't throw the ball away on the next play, if you, if, if you, if you follow me here. So you tell him not to score. I don't agree with it, but we could argue that's okay because now we're going to run some more time off the clock or force him to take that last time out. Then on the next play, Eli comes out, takes that sack, and they kick the field goal. I, so I don't think it's as big a deal. I think it's being overblown. Where I will give Jennings a little bit, bit of credit, apparently he writes some weekly column in the New York Post. I didn't know he was uh, he was a scribe of any type. 
And he tackled it. He took it head on in his column this week. Just real quick off of NFL.com, the, the important parts here. I see now how what I said could be easily misunderstood as an expression of resentment. So I think he's sort of saying there what my take on it was. I make no claims to be a perfect communicator, but I also assure that I had no ill will in stating what I did. Yet I admit in retrospect that I shouldn't have shared that information with the world. I chose to do so, and for that choice, I'm truly sorry. As soon as I got word of the headlines, I called Eli, and before I could even begin to apologize, he basically expressed his understanding. Being the humble guy he is, he wanted to put this fiasco behind us with no hard feelings so that we could focus on the Falcons. And I believe that. I think Eli says, all right, whatever. You know, Eli's used to getting his teeth kicked in, getting I do going every day in the New York media. I do too. I just, you know, and hearing that makes it so much better when the tweets came out that my words misconstrued right. and this, that, and the other, without all of what you just read. That was released before right. this article or whatever. And if nothing else, even if it's all jive, it took some stones to, it's to a write that and say, well, I botched it. My what bad. else are you going to do when you have Coughlin and Manning manning up, right, owning everything and not putting any ill light on Mr. Jennings? Right. I think Rashad Jennings... Actually had a learning experience, and I think he's probably matured as a player. Learn learn to shut your gap, and that's what he's saying. And that's the whole crux of all that. Look, I said it, and I shouldn't have. My flat. Sorry. Look, you know, and and you interviewed him last year, really really enjoyed the fella, and I don't think he's a bad guy, but I think that's a real learning experience. You don't. You do not right. throw that stuff out. Right. Right. Some stuff's got to stay in the exactly. Huddle, but, but give him give him credit for, for even if he really had no choice. And I agree. I've seen many an NFL player double down on saying something stupid and <laughs> trying to circle the wagons to just say, "Yeah, I did it, and I shouldn't have." Doesn't give a ton of excuses. I can see what happened here. I'm sorry. I called Eli. I apologized. It's over. right. I don't know what else you would expect him to say, but I give him credit for saying. So can we do it now, Rick? A game ball. Give us a game ball. I need a game ball. A game ball. Oh, you want to do a stinky? Jump right no, into it, Rick. No. You're negative. You've been working your working your tail off. No, you know what? I'm going to game ball because he was one of my one of my first starts. And, and I'm, I'm going with it. Keenan Allen, man, 15 pit catches, 166 yards. i tell you what, the guy's inconsistent. But, boy, I, t- I love Keenan Allen going into this week against that Detroit defense. That's something that we can really discuss. Right. Is this an indication of how good San Diego is, or is it just a total Detroit meltdown? Here's the problem, and let me start by, and I can't remember who it was, and chances are they don't. The problem was 30 straight points by the San Diego Chargers over the Detroit Lions. Well, that's a big thing, but I'm going before the game on the Sunday slant. Before you had to dip out, we had a question, I I believe in the chat room, about Keenan Allen. I can't remember who the other player was. You took Keenan. Okay. Wisely. I took the other guy. Okay. I mean, With the explanation – that I don't trust them. Week in and week out, you don't know what you're going to get. To a degree, I apologize because I was butt wrong on that one. There ain't no argument. I'm going to be Rashad Jennings here. I'm just, I am truly sorry. However, if I get a similar question this Sunday, I'm going to have the same consternation. I have no confidence he can do this back-to-back. To answer your question, 
I don't know. There's weird crap happens. We talk, we're talking about this off the air. There's just weird crap happens in any game where the Chargers and the Lions are involved. So you put them together, God knows what you're going to get. Now, I am intrigued by the fact that Melvin Gordon proved he, he ain't the guy. Well, right. he didn't prove it long term, but he proved right. it for one more week. Danny Woodhead played a big part. And you see, without Antonio Gates, they tried to work Green in, but he's not Antonio Gates. And I think I think he was the beneficiary of this. So it could right. be something to what I'm still going to have consternation. But I'll tell you what. I'm telling you what. Go back and read my article, Under, Undervalued Players. Yeah, you were on Stevie Johnson, him. man. Right. I told you he was going to overtake Malcolm Floyd as, as the number two guy. He adds another dynamic to this offense, I think, that Rivers just doesn't have. And I tell you what, when Gates gets back, if he's in shape and he's healthy and, and all that kind of stuff, which I don't know what the suspension does. You know, I, I'm not right. I'm not a guru on this kind of stuff. Are they allowed to practice? Are they allowed to do? I believe they're allowed to do. Well, no, I think I you know I don't know. Okay, I I, <laughs> I don't know. either. I don't think they are, but I got to assume he's still in pretty good game shape. Right, so he got the whole preseason. When he gets back, and and Johnson's doing what he's doing, and Keenan Allen is is emerging. I mean, I, he's what third? He's third year guy as well. Right. Okay, I mean, th- this is when they explode. You're right. Stevie Johnson lang- languished in Buffalo, there, you know, and then he went to that one year in San Francisco when they were imploding. He's on an offense. Say what you want about San Diego. This team's going to score points. i tell you what, Keenan Allen may, I'm not going to say it for sure. What I mean, obviously, it's a wait-and-see thing. But Keenan Allen just may show up to be one of these top 12 guys you just never know i mean if it's possible it it really is he has all the tools certainly as a quarterback that's not afraid to win it around and gates gets back and starts solidifying that i tell you what man i you know san diego i'm starting to like this offense yeah so stevie johnson adds a piece i think they've been missing perhaps and let's not forget woodhead was gone last year too that's a big piece that's a really big piece so Allen, you know, for me, I'm going to be nervous about it. Give me three or four weeks. Uh, you don't got to give me three or four weeks of 15 catches. <laughs> that doesn't happen every day. Nah. But give me three or four consistent number one receiver numbers out of him, and right. I'll back off. I'm still going to be a little reticent for a while. Just and, and once bit so. and twice shy. That, right. That's what it is. But Great but, White. That's a good song. It right is. There. I love that's that. That's a really that's good song. That's my favorite hair band. Oh, great. They were good. Yeah. They were good. I liked a lot of that. Well, we won't go down the no. hair, the hair band. Uh, <laughs> I, I could, we, we could do an hour and a half just on the hair band. We're already 15 minutes behind. That's okay. All right, Rick, I'm going to give a game. Hair ball. bands are cool. Well, there ain't no question about it. I, I had my. I now, had the my old time. drug bands are cool, too. What are the drug bands? Yeah. Like your doors and your oh, stuff. Door, like that. Oh, doors are my favorite. Aren't all bands, band. Aren't all bands drug bands? Yeah, but, you know, I guess. I, I, you know, the old. Either so they like acid bands. Yeah, Maybe yeah. acid would be. Well, the acid word. rock is kind of like what, you know, Grateful Dead. Probably. You know, I don't. I, I never got the whole Grateful Dead thing. I love Grateful Dead. I but mean, the music. They were just stinks. mellow. Everything's twenty-five minutes long. I, that's what's so great no, about it. It's just a big circle. You put the headphones on. You're floating around, and you just. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Know, if it's you great. Were, all right. Now that you're not a massive hippie and stoner as you were for twenty years in your youth, 
Could you sit down now, plug those headphones in, and listen to one of those 25-minute circle if jerks? I Could you really time. do it? If I had time. You man. got nothing but time. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> be real. You know exactly what's going on, and I am old. I'm running a lot around like a chicken on the I expressed dump. my feelings on that earlier. We won't put it out over the air. <laughs> that was so funny. You know I, how I feel. But all right. That let, was fun. Let, let's all right, let's bring get it back game in ball. here a little bit. I can't believe I'm going to do this. All right. But I'm not going to do it often, and I'm doing it a little bit just to piss you off. I know exactly what you're doing. I'm putting it right there. I can't believe my first game ball of 2015 is going to your boy, Bishop Sankey. Yeah. 12 carries, 74 yards a touch, two catches, 12 yards and a touch. Now, here's what I want to ask you. and I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm going to ask you anyhow. Was this a product of Mariota making that offense better and by proxy making Bishop Sankey better, number one, or number two, that this thing just got so far out of hand so early that even a turd like Bishop Sankey was able to succeed? I know your answer, but go ahead. We don't have a turd sound effect. I see you looking at the board. (laughs) I'm telling you, okay, you know, hats off to Bishop Sankey. He had a decent day. Okay, don't don't get me wrong. But I tell you what, everybody on Tennessee had a good day. Ta- yeah. Tampa Bay's, you know, I, I don't know if Tampa Bay is actually that bad. They can't be that bad. But Sometimes these things just get they, away yeah, from Yeah, exactly. You. They were horrifying. I mean, let's let's get real. We we went um in our predictions on the inside slant. I actually went Tennessee in a in a Whisker. Well, if we start keeping track of these things, I'm pretty well certain. I went about four and twelve. This yeah, I week. think I pretty well yeah, smoked you. Kids, me kick <laughs> my teeth in. I missed everything. You know, and, and I was giving the credit to Dick LeBeau for confounding a rookie quarterback. Blah blah blah. Didn't take Dick LeBeau to make that boneheaded play no. made on the very first play. I think these exactly. things just snowball it with just a young went team. Crazy, and their defense couldn't stop anything. I mean, they couldn't stop the Tennessee no, offense. No, and they're not that bad. Is Mariota that good? No. No, he's, he's not. not that good. But Come are on. we going to start having this when I spent that entire first year we did this show mocking Cam Newton as he put up 400-yard game after 400-yard game and became an all-pro? I'm as it, Again, back to Great White, I'm once bit, twice shy here. Obviously, he's not a perfect quarterback. He came out with a perfect quarterback rating. He's going to make mistakes as a rookie. I'm willing to think this kid might be the real deal. Oh, I think, certainly I think he's the real deal. Don't get me wrong. But you're not playing Tampa Bay every week. That's true, And and that is a big thing. You know, fortunately for him, he is playing. Jacksonville uh, twice. (laughs) He's playing Indy, who we'll get into later. I'm just pulling up the schedule here. And I'm I'm just uh, he's got Cleveland this week at Cleveland. Yeah, I mean that's kind of up in the air as well. I mean everybody thinks you know Cleveland's defense is pretty stat. I mean Jets smoke. Oh them. yeah, yeah so, we'll get into that a little later. If I, I don't time. really know what to, what to make of him, but Bishop Sankey, if you had him on your team as an RB two, and I'm trying to think who might be your RB three. Just Gio Bernard. Uh, Start Gio Bernard. Right, right. Okay. Here's my concern out of all of this. Again, hats off to him. He looked good, but just it, that game just got away. My real takeaway was nothing to do with Sankey's performance. 
Terrence West got all them goal line carries. He just showed up in town. I think he was still tying his right. shoes as he ran out onto the field. He had yeah. just showed up in town. He couldn't finish any of them, which could affect things down the road. But right off the bat, Terrence West was getting that goal line work. I and think he honestly, still will. without the two touchdowns, Bishop Sankey had a rather pedestrian day. We wouldn't be stinky socking him like we do most any other week, but we wouldn't be talking about him whatsoever. It would have just been another day. Back to Mariota real quick, and we'll move on. We got to give out these first stinky socks. One reason why the kid intrigues me is this Who's his head coach, Rick? Who's this? The Titans head coach. Marcus Mariota's head coach. Young man by the name of Ken Wizen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't paying any attention. I was reading for my first now, thing you cor- saw. You're excited about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Who was Ben Roethlisberger's offensive coordinator? Yeah, it was Wiz. When, as a rookie, he went to a NFC ch- AFC championship game. And as a second-year player, won a Super Bowl. Now, Mariota doesn't have the talent around him that Ben Roethlisberger had. My point is, he is really good for a young quarterback, the development of a young quarterback, and a young mobile quarterback. It seems like the perfect fit. I think this kid just oh. may pan out. Oh, I think I absolutely agree so with you. I'm not going to take the hard-line Cam Newton stance I took back in 2012 and make my, made myself look like a chimpanzee for that entire <laughs> year. As every I, week he threw for 400, and every week we cracked the mics or, and or said, run for 150. It's an aberration. He's not going to do it. He's a rookie. He's on a terrible team. He stinks. And then he did it again the next week until finally about halfway through the season, we just quit talking about him altogether because right. I wasn't going to man up and say I was wrong. <laughs> All right, it's time, Rick. First stinky sock of 2015. i tell you what. You know, it, there's a lot of stinky socks out there because there were some high expectations of, of a lot of people. You know, number one, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give it to him, but the Colts in general were were oh, yeah. very disappointing. Andrew Luck was stymied by Buffalo big time. Bills anyway, be that good, Colts owe that bad, or just one of them weird week one things we see sometimes. We're gonna find out this week. Bill's mafia calling out New England. Oh yeah, we want Brady. Where's and, Brady? And I, I tell like you it. what, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. Um, I'm going to reiterate what Jim Rome said: Be careful what you wish for, because right. you may get it. Yeah, don't poke you the know? bear. Just <laughs> right. be happy when he shows up. <laughs> Just shut up. Exactly. But I'll tell you what: I think the first stinky sock to me, all the hype, everything else. Adrian Peterson, right? Three point one yards per carry against San Francisco. They weren't really ever in the game. And um, Adrian Peterson just didn't look all that good. Minnesota looked bad, period. I'll tell you this. I agree that's a stinky sock-worthy output he had on Monday night. I think, though, he has to share it. We're going to have a, for me, we're going to have a co-stinky sock between him and he's going to share it with Norv Turner for only giving Adrian Effing Peterson the ball ten times. That game yeah. didn't get away from them until midway through the third You're quarter. You're right. Why? I, I, so maybe this goes to the whole Vikings coaching staff for giving Peterson no work in the preseason because that's the excuse I'm hearing. We mm-hmm. had to build him up to it. He hadn't taken a hit in a year and a half. You had six weeks of the preseason. Yeah, you don't want to expose him, 
But but I heard somebody on the NFL Network after the game saying you could tell, and, and it was a former running back, I don't remember who it was, said there are times for a running back to get themselves back into game shape, into a game, they want to take some hits. They need to take some hits. And that's what Peterson was doing early on. He wasn't shifting. He wasn't hitting the hole as hard. He was trying to get the feel of the game and take those hits. Why the hell wasn't that taken care of in August? So i got to share this. Look, 3.1 yards a carry, terrible. But – 10 carries for Adrian Peterson, who's been chomping at the bit for uh, two and a half years or whatever it's been. Give the man the ball. He's an effing robot. Come on. I agree. And, you know, we've talked about this on numerous occasions. Watching Barry Sanders. Oh, right. One yard, minus two, three, two, 84. Yeah, 47, whatever. Bam, yeah, exactly. That quick. That quick. Exactly. Peterson's a very similar guy. Yeah. He doesn't rip him off 10-15 at a pop. That's not who he I is. Agree. I agree. You know, you can. Yeah, I agree with you. You give the stinky sock to Peterson from a fantasy perspective. Right. But you give the stinky sock to the Vikings coaching staff for giving him the ball 10 yeah. times. Yeah, nor, nor of what are you doing. Well, i tell you what. Let's get into Norv. <laughs> All right. Everybody credits this guy for being such a, you know, freaking genius when it comes to offensive coordinating. And granted, he's had some potent offenses, but, you know, there are a lot of decisions that he makes and a lot of talent that he has had that has gone, to me, wasted. I mean, you look at his last... um, Head coaching gig. Well, San Diego, correct? Right. Head coaching gig. The talent they had there, they, they were, what, 8-8 eight eight teams, 7-9? Right. Yeah, I that mean, team just, should have won Super Bowls. I mean, they could at least been in the playoffs. Well, yeah. They, they get mean, in every now and again. It was and terrible. a divisional round in Pittsburgh. They love to do that. That was like it was their terrible. favorite thing. I, 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 think he's, I think he is as overrated offensively as Rob Ryan is defensively. Yeah, I, I'll give you that one. All right, Rick, my stinky sock, and look, one week does not a season make. However, something I've been stomping and pouting and carrying on about all off season is this holy Bible of fantasy BS that all the experts have put out there and that we're all expected to follow, or we're monkeys, basically. That, that's, what they, that's what it is, and you better toe the line. In some of these, and these aren't mine, these are building up to my stinky sock of the week, was Matt Forte's done. He's yeah. over. Yeah. It's over. How'd that one work out for you? Well, Teddy Bridgewater is the next coming of Joe F. in Montana. Where you at on that one? What happened there? There was 15 examples, save for Travis Kelsey, none of them panned out. <laughs> Absolutely none of them. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater, 23-32, 231 and a touchdown. That's not. He stunk. He, he, he stunk. stunk. He did. But the whole team did. It just seemed like, to me, and it starts, your point, with the, with the coaching staff, it just looked like Minnesota had no clue what to do. Well, it, you're it was right kind of like, you know what I mean? It, it just, they, the game plan sucked. The, the, they didn't seem to have any fire. And. Yeah, you talked about um, 
who was it? You know, uh, I can't remember what game it was. You don't like the one team going west. I think oh, guess, Cincinnati. Yeah, where Cincinnati they went out and blew going the doors off <laughs> of yeah, I might have missed on that yeah. one too. I mean, Minnesota was only going to San Francisco. That's only what two time zones as opposed yeah. to three. They just looked like they were half dead on the field. And playing that game started about three thirty in the morning, yeah. so it shouldn't have been a time issue. Exactly. For them. I, I, I. I all right, but getting back to it, this okay. is just me a little bit telling all you I'm nerds sorry. to I'm sorry. Uh, slow down. I told you I was going to get cranky yeah. tonight. You, I knew it, and you're half drunk, too, to be honest. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater stunk. Maybe I'll get a whole drunk by the time well, we're done. Let's do it. Matt Forte, yeah, you guys were wrong on that one. We're Charles Johnson with Minnesota. Oops, <laughs> you might have missed on that one. And here's the biggest one, Rick. The one who was going to use, be able to be so good – he was going to hire Ladanian Tomlinson to be his footstool for the rest of his life. Mr. C.J. Anderson, brother, 12 carries, 29 yards, 4 carries, 19 yards. I understand four he catches, got yeah. – or Yeah, 4 catches, 19 yards. I understand he got his ankle rolled up on, was a little gimped up. They think he's going to be all right. Had the exact same amount of carries as who, Rick? Ronnie Hillman. What did we say all in year. the preseason? Things I know because I know. If. Well, yeah, you said it's always somebody different. Right. And we stated to justify it, if Ronnie Hillman can learn to protect the pa- the passer, that's a talent in that backfield. Right. Right? Absolutely. Didn't we? Because from the beginning. He has been working. You know, Kubiak has been working in the coaching staff with him. Look, we got to protect Peyton Manning. You have to learn how to do this. He had been working with Hillman. They have trust in Hillman. They put him in in week one, right? Absolutely. I'm telling you, I agree with you 100%. Is somebody different. Hillman's the guy. Here's the point with Hillman. When Hillman came there, remember the year there was the Hillman, Moreno, Moneyball debate? Right. They've always preferred Hillman as a runner. Now, I understand we got a new coaching staff. But the consensus has been up there. They preferred Ronnie Hillman as a runner, but like you said, he couldn't pass protect. Now that he's apparently learned how to pass protect, or even if he hasn't, we'll get into Peyton Manning later, I'm sure, Hillman's going to get his share of that work. And if it continues to be 50-50, and if he also considers to be two and a half yards better per carry, at worst, this is going to be a split. At best, Hillman takes over this job. But at a minimum, this is looking like a split to me, and C.J. Anderson's going to be nowhere near the guy everyone told me I had to tell everybody else he was going to be. We saw what happened in Oakland when uh, Latavius Murray had twice as much yards per carry as Darren McFadden. Right. Simple as that. I agree. All right, we are back to positivity. Back, yes, that's right. That's what we do. We ooze positivity around <laughs> here. I tell you, yeah. I, you know, I there, there's a lot of of um, performances out there that are, are worthy of game balls. But I tell you what, I think one that really surprised a lot of people is Chris Ivory. Absolutely. You know, 20 carries, 91 yards, two touchdowns. Against what we thought was going to be, yeah, it was going to be a pretty close game. Right. You know, against a tough Cleveland defense. It started that way it for a while. It ended up 31-10. Yeah, yeah blame and, Johnny Football for a lot of that uh, later on in the game. I'll tell you what, though. He got it done. Almost five yards of carry right. and two touchdowns. You know, and, and Chris Ivory is 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 looking like and, – and he's not going to be the dominant back. Belil Powell got plenty of work. 
So, I mean, and he performed while he had. He had 20 carries, I think Bilal Powell had 12 or 13 right. carries. So, you know, Chris Ivory, I mean, this, this Jets team just looks like some team that, you know, it has the defense to control the, the opponent's offense, and they can do basically whatever they want. They yeah. can grind it out. They got Fitzpatrick. They got weapons on the outside. And they're going to run the ball. Exactly. And that's the big number for me. Even while Powell got those 11, 12 carries, whatever he had, I don't have that in front of me. Chris Ivory got 20 carries. There ain't going to be a lot of guys week in and week out that are going to get that type of workload. Is he going to score two touchdowns every week? No. Yeah, uh-huh. I get that. But low NQB2, flex, RB2, flex RB, all day, all day, Chris Ivory. This is a guy – I was kind of cool on that I am heating back up here big time. Rick, we've gone too far into the show without mentioning. I'm going to give a game ball. Only four catches, 51 yards, but the two TDs, and I think you're going to see this stat line a ton out of James Jones for the rest of this season. I'll tell you what, Rick. I have Back to my previous fit. Where are all you yeah. Devontae Adams people at? Yeah. What happened there? Whoops. Hey. James Jones and Aaron Rodgers, they know each other. Absolutely. And you know what? He only had four catches for 51 yards. Red zone, baby. And it's going to continue. I think this stat line is going to be maybe not two, but four or five catches, 50 to 70 yards. This kid, guy's going to find the end zone a lot. This is the guy that Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on yeah. when you don't have a Jordy Nelson. I agree 100%. And I, and I think that was a great game ball. And um, I'm a firm believer in James Jones. I picked him up in some legs. Oh, absolutely. And um, Stuff him in a flex. It's almost a guaranteed touchdown. I agree. So what are you doing, stinky Oh, sock? yeah, that's uh, just a big, gnarly one. Uh, okay, yeah, maybe we'll get a, a gym. Or, uh, oh, who's the one that... Uh, you look baffled this, here. I, I'm totally baffled I have here. no clue where you're going. <laughs> Uh, not even. I'm not even on the map. Nah, the the uh, spe- did Jim Struble s- special stinky sock, you know, in the, the chat room he used to make them for us. Oh, I did. yeah. I, 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 did. I stay out of that chat room. You know, if I had to do that on the slant in your absence, that stinks. Andre Johnson, man. Yeah, four catches, twenty-four yards, big old stinky sock, buried with a rotten potato, <laughs> oh. wrapped in duct tape. Oh wow. Yeah. In That's a, ba- hold in a baggie. Oh, so you're not letting any of that stink out. No, no. Buried in a trunk with rotten bananas. I think that's a that's a for so you Andre pretty, Johnson. Pretty disappointed in Andre Johnson. Very I much so. It. I think that was horrible. T. Y. Hilton being out a few weeks. Uh, change your feelings on on Andre Johnson. No, I th- I think the Colts really have to. I mean, let's. F- let's face it. You could throw a stinky sock at just about anybody oh, in the Colts. Yeah. Andrew Locke. Frank Gore, Frank I Gore wanted to discuss terrible. that yeah, with you. Exactly. So, I'm nervous about Gore going forward. I was nervous about him in the preseason. Now, this is another one of them games just got away from him. We really don't know. Let's see what happens this weekend. Andre Johnson's a guy I don't have the warm and fuzzies about. He doesn't look like when Hilton's involved, he's going to be as big a piece of that offense as we thought he was going to be. He strikes me as that complementary piece. I'm trying to think of an example when – you know, when Greg Jennings every year ends up somewhere, gets sort of buried in the depth chart, will make a big catch every now and again. Uh, 
my, of a Jericho Cotchery when he went to Pittsburgh. I think I put him in this realm now. He's, he's sort of that in Carolina. He's yeah. sort of that third guy. He's just sort of buried. He'll hop up. He'll make a big play now and again. I don't see a lot of six, seven catch, eight catch games coming from Andre Johnson. The yardage may be better. He may find the end zone, but this reception number, I think, is a number we're going to see out of Andre Johnson quite frequently. With an offense with Andrew Luck as a quarterback, look, we saw what he did. I mean, let's just talk fantasy numbers. We saw what he did last year. Somebody's got to be making these catches. I cannot believe that Andre Johnson is going to be held to four catches a game, you know, as an average. There's just, I think he has more in the tank. I'm not, I'm just not going to. And let's face it, I mean, they got the Jets this week. It's not going to get much no, easier. No, defensively, it, it doesn't get easier at all. So, Rick, I'm going to give out a stinky. So, not near as bad as that one. But this one comes from genuine concern. I'm going to stay in Denver here, Rick. Peyton Manning, 24 of 40, 175. Just awful. <laughs> and forget the numbers because this was just sort of one of those games. Baltimore couldn't move the ball either. And we could spend some time talking about that, I guess, if you wanted. I think this is just one of those weird games. But when I look at it, it didn't look to me like the Denver Broncos offense was out of rhythm to the point that it excuses, it makes you forget about. Because Peyton Manning will throw up a clunker like this every now and again. He looked old, Rick. He looked done. The, the, these fade patterns, these slant patterns, he was just missing them. You don't see Peyton Manning miss those. When he was going deep, it just seemed to me like he was a he was an old pitcher who was pulling back and putting everything on his fastball and just not getting it there. It didn't look effortless mechanically, and I am not a quarterback coach by any means. I am no scout. But just aesthetically, it didn't look like Peyton Manning. It didn't look like that usual effortless perfect touch putting the ball in the right place everything looked hard everything looked painful I fear it, we might be about to the end of the line for Peyton Manning you know you can look at that game you know two good defenses played each other and, oh, and I agree and with never came out on top it was just one of them weird games that happens but going on what you said there I think there's some concern I'm, I'm not totally sold that he's done I don't think he's going to have the year that he had last year by any stretch. And, and let's face it, he had a great year last year, and people were saying he was done. Of course, he faded towards the end of the year. But I I agree with you. There were times when he had time and he had open receivers, and he wasn't even coming close to them. Right. And that's concerning. We saw that at the end of last year, especially in that playoff game. Wide open guy. I mean, he wasn't even close to them. And, and it's starting to be more of the same. And, you know, you, it's kind of ironic you have skinny leg Peyton commercial <laughs> out there. And now it's like, I mean, it, it's almost like you have skinny arm out there. Right. Is it, it, it? It's because it's, it's, he's gunning it. And it should just be a, a nice taking, touch pass. It's taking everything yeah. for him to get the ball 20 yards downfield. Yeah. Where like, it used to be a flick of the wrist. And I saw somebody breaking this down big time earlier in the week. And they were showing videos of uh, 
my mind, Johnny Unitas, when he, where'd he go? San Diego You're at right. the end? Yep, exactly. And they showed the same thing. They showed the contrast that a year earlier, two years yep. earlier in Baltimore. It was just this. And then they showed him make these same plays a year later. And all of a sudden, it was everything he could do to get the ball over right. the line of scrimmage. These guys get old. And sure I, they do. And it goes away. They showed the same thing happened with Terry Bradshaw. One year, it yep. was, what was it, 82? It was just gone. Yeah. Is 2015 the year for Peyton May? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know. It could be. After watching you trade all your Tom Brady shares in week four last year, I'm not ready to cut bait on this guy, but I'm nervous. And I'm nervous as a football fan because that man's a joy to watch. He's a joy to watch play football. I'm afraid it's over. I I agree with you 100%. We had the the pleasure to – to watch him his whole career, along with Tom Brady, Ben right. Roethlisberger. I mean, Eli Manning, let's face it. I mean, Eli's fun to watch. No question. He's weird, but he's, he's fun to watch. But No, I agree with you. And you brought up Johnny Unitas. I mean, let's not forget, and this is back in an era when the passing game was totally different. It took how many years for Drew Brees to make that – to break that consecutive touchdown streak. Right. Johnny Unitas was the man. I'll tell you what, this guy, he was not big. He was kind of hunch, hunched over and everything. But, man, he had a gun, and it was accurate. And just like you said, you reach a certain stage, man, it's done. You, you just can't do it anymore. It just goes away. Exactly. I, I, hope, I hope it's not. I hope I'm overreacting. I'm legitimately scared that, that, that the time has come for Peyton Manning. It could be. All right, let's bring the sunshine back out, Rick. How about a game ball? A game ball? Okay, I'm going to have to bring in Tyler Eifert. Yeah, Eifert. wow. Nine, pit, nine catches, 104 yards, and two touchdowns. I'll tell you what, Tyler Eifert's healthy. Cincinnati could be healthy. That's a... It's a scary situation there for opponents yeah. of the bet. You got A.J. Green. You got a fantastic running game. We saw exactly what we would expect out of that running game. Both of them had success. Hill looked good. Bernard did what Bernard did. You know who A.J. Green is. Dalton, he's a wild card, obviously. But you throw a safety valve like Eifert out there. This is what we saw out of this kid in college. This is what we expected from him last year and we didn't get. Do they, does he continue to be that big a part of the game plan? That's the question going forward. That's what you have to monitor. He's shown in brief spurts last year, and obviously in this game he has the skill set. But for one game in a year where it's been hard to find a tight end you are real comfortable with after about the fifth or sixth tight end, this is a guy who might be out there on waiver wires or you already have and got really late. This is a nice plug-and-play guy if you were one of the – like us, the Owen Daniels guys in Denver. We're going to see how that is going forward. That didn't look so good last week. Uh, what, what's the kid's name in Saint, in New Orleans? Hill? Yeah, Josh Hill. Nothing. Nothing. Zippy. Big Nothing. goose egg. Yeah, we could throw him a stinky sock if we wanted. That's concerning when you see Mark Ingram get nine catches and nothing to the tight end. That's a situation there. With these types of things going on with Darius Green, I was unimpressed with what I saw with him in San Diego. Obviously, it would be different when Antonio Gates gets back. Eifert's a guy. He's an intriguing piece of a guy you can slide in. It can make a real difference for you, and I know he's going to make a difference for the Bengals. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned some guys that had a lot of hype. You know, Eifert really not really talked about it. And, and you know, I, I think the jury's out a little bit. Is he going to stay that involved in the offense? Same with Kelsey. It, I think. I mean, because we talked about Andy Reid. I did kind of digressing a little bit. 
But I tell you what, Kelsey just looked awesome. He did. And if they choose to go this way with both these guys, if they turn out to be like a Gronk, you know, they're not that fast or whatever, but they're still there. They still get the ball. Right. They Bigger than anybody covering them, good hands and exactly. making plays. Exactly. They could be monstrous. All right. I don't know how we got this far in and didn't discuss this guy because it was by far probably the best fantasy performance at this position, number one. And number two, we got to have a discussion if we buy this going forward. Rick Carlos Hyde, 26, a buck 68, two touchdowns, two more catches for 14 yards. That looked like Frank Gore in his prime in San Francisco. He looked scary. He did. I mean, I. Props to Carlos Hyde. I, I've been kind of a little dubious about him in the preseason. Like the kid, but I just didn't really like San Francisco all that much. That being said, what we talked about with Minnesota and everything, I'm kind of a little more cautious with him still than you are. But I tell you what, the performance was great. I, I'm not sure how good San Francisco is. They're coming to Pittsburgh this week. And um, I'd expect a big week from Hyde this week. Oh yeah, against that I, awful yeah, I mean, Steelers Pitts, defense. Pittsburgh's defense is nothing to write home about. No question about that. So, hey, I'll tell you what, ride him. I, I like what I see so far. There's I mean, no doubt. I think he's going. He's an every week start. Yeah, Are we going to get this so. level of performance consistently? No. Is he even a consistent hundred yard back? I don't know about that. Be. The jury's still out. He sure looks like he's got it. I worry about Kaepernick. I worry just if that team has the horses in general. But this is a guy, here, here we go, and we saw they came out, first formation, had Reggie Bush on the field. Reggie Bush touched the ball three times, and he's out. Yep. This is Reggie Bush. This is Carlos Hyde's deal. They're going to give the ball to that rugby player who's untackleable. They talk about fun to watch. Yeah. But, but this is Carlos Hyde's gig. If he can stay healthy – you're, you're looking at a number one running back when the year's over, I think. Yeah. All right, Rick, we are back to uh, what you do best, a stinky sock. Calvin Johnson. Yeah, again. I'm telling you. Is it over two, for Calvin? Two for 39. I don't know if it's over for Calvin. This is it's this a Detroit, whole year in a game. It's this Detroit offense. I mean, you know, they, they jump out ahead. <coughs> Pardon me. And then I don't know what they do. They gave up 30 straight points to San Diego. They did nothing. Stafford did nothing to to ease the pain. He didn't even try to get it to him, really. I mean, they were just miserable. Is it the end of is it the end for Calvin Johnson? Yeah, I think the days of just heaving it and Calvin out jumps everybody and out fights everybody for it. I think those days are over. But they need to get a run game. They need to start spreading the ball around. And Matt Stafford has to take that team on his shoulders and start acting like this quarterback that everybody hypes him up to be. And you know for a fact, save for that one year, he's been nothing but mediocre at right. best. And I and buy I in every offseason. I said that a hundred times. And you scream at me. I never bought into him. And until I see something from him, I'm not going to buy into Matthew Stafford. I, I just can't. Look, the kid has all the potential in the world, but let's see some of it. You're You've right. had one good year. Yeah, and it, how much is that affecting Calvin? I don't know. Now, 
even in his heyday, you get a clunker like this every now and again, and then next week it'll be 12 for 220 and three touchdowns. So I'll be curious going forward, but, Rick, between the injuries and just games like this last year, last year was a clunker for him. Now we're one game into this season, and it continues. If I'm a Calvin Johnson owner, and I am a huge Calvin Johnson fan, yeah, you I, don't, I don't like what I'm seeing here. It makes me nervous. Uh, I'm going to stick with that Denver game, Rick, and I'm going to give a stinky sock to Justin Forsett. 14 carries, 43 yards. I fear that this is going to be fairly consistent for Justin Forsett for something that I saw watching this Baltimore team. Now, again, you don't have to be a brilliant football analyst to see this, but they have no weapons in that passing game, Rick. No. Zippy. Steve Smith can take over a game every once in a long while. Not at his age. Marlon Brown led that team with two catches for 25 yards. That's pathetic. Now, again, this was a weird defensive game. Neither offense could get going. But there is nobody, nobody at the wide receiver position that should scare any defense. So you're not going to let Justin Forsett beat you. I, I don't see it happening. 14 carries, I think, is about right to average two and a half or three yards a carry because I think they're going to be facing a lot of eight-man fronts because you're going to tell Steve Smith, you're going to tell Marlon Brown, go ahead and beat me. If you beat me with these guys, so be it. Torrey Smith's gone. You don't have these downfield weapons, and I think this is going to affect Justin Forsett going forward. Oh, I do too. I don't think this offense is is built – it's not a powerhouse offense. I mean, if it if it has to be in a horse race against a Pittsburgh, a New England, um, I mean, they're relying on defense confounding the other team's offense because, you know, Joe Flacco has his days. But, you know, like you said, Torrey Smith's gone. They just don't have the weapons. Steve Smith's 140. Well, yeah, at a minimum. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> and, might be older than you. Hey, close to it. Marlon Brown, you know. He's okay. He should be a deep threat, but he yeah. hasn't been. No. I know. And and, w- and with the gun that um, Joe Flacco possesses, they should they should be loading up with these kind of weapons. And they they brought him none. No, they I have mean, we we hear about the rookie all the time, Perriman. Yeah. He can't get on the field. Is he going to be that much of a difference maker as a rookie? I seriously have my doubts. I He's do missed the entire preseason. And I think Forsett, by proxy, is going to suffer because of this because no one is going to have a fear of this passing game. Well, Rick, we got about three minutes left, so I'm going to give you ladies' choice here. You can give a ball, you can give a sock, or you can just scream curse words into the mic, whatever you want to do. I'm going to give you a last word here. Well, since it is, you know, family, I'm not going to take the third choice of curse words. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let, let's go with a game ball. I, I love Julio Jones, I, and I'm really starting to wish I had taken almost 100 yards. And, and, and Matt Ryan, not that spectacular, but i tell you what. It, it's All you got to do is be able to get the yeah, ball to Julio Jones. Fun though. to watch, isn't it? Uh, guy's uncoverable. He's so fast. He's got such good hands. It just real fun to watch the next talent. I hope this is the year we get 16 healthy games out of him because he could put up some numbers that will have us talking about him as the number one, talking about him with Antonio Brown going into next offseason instead of an Odell Beckham 
or some of these guys, I think he is there. So, Rick, yeah, we're at, yeah, we're at 58 minutes. So, being that we started late, we can't go too far over time today. No, nah, that's true. But, uh, you know, I wanted to end on a positive note since it is week one. We got plenty of time for all these negative comments, which – you know, we are so good at it. That's what we do. So that's it. Thanks so much for joining us. Check out AsylumFantasySports.com. We've got fantasy greatness all week, getting you ready for week two, the Fantasy Football Consistency Show with Bob Long, the Bull Rush Podcast with our boy Scott Fish, Ty in St. Louis, Frank the Tank, Dynasty Frank. We've got uh, Fantasy Sports Ranch Roundtable every Monday. We, we so much going on, Rick. And, of course, the big one, buddy, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern inside Live. Slant, Taking baby. your calls, the inside slant, getting you everything you need to be ready for week two and to win your league. Yeah, and I'm just so pleased that we have a little great white heading out of the show yeah, that's how instead we of some of that other stuff that well, you conjure up. I figured, figured I'd make you. Yeah, you brought up great white. I had no choice. So that's it. Also, hey, check us out Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel 147, and a million other small cable outlets. So check your local listings there. Sunday at 1 o'clock, we do a little start-sit gimmick there, another hour-long show, completely different show. So check that out. Otherwise, Sunday, 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern, Inside Slant, getting you ready for week two. Until then, we'll see you. Yeah, take care. And uh, drop us a line, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, AsylumFantasySports at gmail.com for all your questions. We will answer every single one of them. Every last one of them. Till then, take care. Oh, you say take care. Take care. We'll see you. This is a good song. I I like, I don't know if you consider my hair band, but damn Yankees were pretty good. Oh yeah, damn Yankees were good. I wonder if this thing even went over the air with all the issues we had. Well, that seems a little inappropriate. You know who uh, was in Damn Yankee, don't you? It was, uh, oh, oh it's going to come to me. I did. Teddy Nugent, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Tommy Shaw of Sticks. Okay. You know, and then, um, uh, well, you remember Night Ranger. Yeah, 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 Jack Blades from Night Ranger. I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty, uh, stout group, really, for a short time. I was a poison guy, though. I'm a veteran of a lot of poison That's Brett. Yeah, Brett Brett Michaels from Butler. CC, yeah. I'm a veteran of a lot of poison concerts. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with poison. Um, and of course, Guns N' Roses. I oh, love, forget, yeah, love forget Guns N' Roses. Skid Row, I was big into. Yeah. You know Sebastian who was Bob. really good? I mean, I don't even know if they're still around. Back in the late 70s, early 80s, Youngstown, that where they were from was called Left End. Never and heard of Had a few, few albums out, actually, but they still remain pretty low. But they were pretty, pretty damn good. I just want to sit here and listen to this song. I haven't heard this song in years. Really? It's kind of interesting. They, uh, 
Damn Yankees on their when they turned um, their debut album. They actually toured the world for a year and a half with Bad Company and Poison. Might have been a badass show yeah, there. Man. Yeah, I saw Poison with Def Leppard. That was a good show. Bad Company was good. Yeah. That was a good group. I would have loved to seen the Doors live. That would have had been wild. Well, you'd have been so high you wouldn't remember. <laughs> well, yeah, fair it enough. Would have been it would have, have been fun while you were there, I guess. <laughs> All right, let's end this massacre. Yeah. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.